You're listening to a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Welcome to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. I am Krista Brazo, and with me today is... Jeffrey Verhelst. Oh, Jeffrey. Yeah. Wow. Real formal today. Formal on a Friday. It's formal Friday. <laughs> we should make that a thing. <laughs> I don't think we should. All the people who on casual Friday are like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not happening. Suits and ties, everybody. And fancy dresses and prom, prom tiaras. dresses. Tiaras. Yeah. Definitely oh, tiaras. Oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> so we have a guest with us today, as usual. Can you introduce yourself, please? Yeah. My name is Stephen Lott. Oh. <laughs> nice. We're going formal. I love it. I can't I do anything it. cool with my name. It just is what it Your is. Your name is just not cool. It's just Krista. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. So... Steven. Uh, let's go Let's go back. Steven, <laughs> yeah. It's it weird, weird, right? You feel like your mom is talking to you. Should I throw your middle name in there, too? And then you feel like you're in trouble. <laughs> so why don't you start with your Johnsonville story? My Johnsonville story started back in 1976. Oh, that's a great year. Yeah. I was born that year. You were sorry. born then? Oh, I would have picked it. Make me feel bad. Just making myself feel good. <laughs> 1976, I graduated from high school, and I needed a job, so I actually rode my bike over here to the plant, and I thought, well, I'll see if they need somebody, and I walked in, and Ralph Stair was there, and I had shorts and a t-shirt on, wasn't expecting to work, and he goes, well, you're not going to start work like that today, are you? I can go home and change if you want, Ralph. (laughs) So I started in sanitation that summer. Wow, right out of high school. Right out of high school. Went off to college at UW-Whitewater for a year, came back. I actually came back during the winter break, spring break, and uh, doing odd jobs, whatever. There was only 40 people when I started one plant, the old wow. Riverside plant. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, it's 40 small. people. And That's like a team now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It's auto line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Came back the second summer, and I was on the brat line. There was four of us. That was the brat line. And we, we didn't freeze anything. It was all fresh then. So before Memorial Day and the 4th of July, I would start at 2 in the morning and we'd work till 5 in the afternoon because you had to make whatever you had to make to fill the trucks. And I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, I I have this isn't good. Went back to school another, uh, another year, left college after my sophomore year, got married to my high school sweetheart, and I started full time here back in 1978. Was doing. I was overseeing the Riverside plant for a while, and we had built the other plants. And about in 1980 or so, I started doing some purchasing. Before that, Ralph was buying, and a few other people. But I started doing the purchasing. I really liked it. Went and got back some some more education, some uh, certifications in purchasing, and I've been purchasing ever since. It fires me up, and I love it. <laughs> wow! So, how long have you been doing that now? How many years? Well, I've been at Johnsonville. It'll be forty years full time. Wow! This, uh, this blows July. my mind a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of changes. Wow! I bet. 
That's amazing, though. That's really cool. So, I did leave Johnsonville for one point uh, for two months. Okay. <laughs> it was to be a vice president of purchasing at another company up the road. Thought, well, I've been here 15 some years. It's about time. I should do this for a career. Oh, sure. Found out careers aren't really that important. And what people talk about teamwork, like what we have teamwork here at Johnsonville, mm-hmm. a lot of companies will talk about it, but they're not really doing it. And I could also tell after a month or so, they're going to sell this place. Oh, really? It was family-owned, and I, okay. I like the family-owned business. I really sure. like it. The stairs have been great. You know, they give people lots of opportunities, and they gave me lots of opportunities, and I really you can make decisions. But that business had too many family members in it, and they weren't all getting along. And uh, they did end up selling about a year later. But I came back after two months, and it was refreshing. <laughs> They just took you right back in, open arms and everything. Uh, They actually had called me and asked if I was... Oh, really? How things were going and would you like to come back and... uh, I would imagine you'd come in with a whole new perspective then. An appreciation. It was was refreshing. I saw another company. The grass isn't always greener. And uh, so I... I was in it for the long run then, and I came back energized. Yeah. I'm still energized. <laughs> I have fun. So then you, you've been here 40 years, and so in purchasing pretty much that after 80 or whatever, 1980s? Yeah, so. pretty much in purchasing most of the time. You know, I worked a lot of different jobs in the plant, so I understand those, yeah. which really helped. Okay. It really helped. I've been in a lot of plants around the country, around the world. Um, but yeah, I, I like purchasing. I've had other opportunities to do other things, but... This is what turns me on here. So what about what about it is so interesting. It I mean, what what about it is is great. Well, I'm a I'm a competitive guy and we'll probably talk about some of the sports that I like doing and stuff, but I'm pretty competitive and it doesn't always come out that way, but inside I'm kind of like a duck, you know, calm on the top, but inside I'm just turning. <laughs> I want to win. Just going. <laughs> I want to win. That's great. Show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. <laughs> wow. But you need to learn how to lose also. Sure, you know, sure. It's part of respecting your opponent and stuff like that. So in purchasing, mm-hmm. to me, it's, it's somewhat of a competition. Um, I like winning. I like finding new things. I like satisfying our customers. When there's new products, new projects, it's fun. It's fun for me. I, it turns me on. Right. And now I was just a fly on the wall yesterday. We we sort of met in the sensory kitchen, and he was talking with another coworker, Kevin Meaner, about all the traveling that you've gotten to do. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So Kevin and I, we're traveling partners when it comes to natural casings and oh, uh, sure. collagen casings and stuff. So Kevin... And I have gone to, we've made a couple trips to China to visit plants together. And when I do these trips, I kind of do fast trips. I like being back home. I like traveling, but I also like being back home. So um, we went off to China, and four days later, we were back home. Oh, wow. That's like a 24-hour flight, too, isn't it? It's a long flight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a long flight. But you don't have to worry about jet lag, then, if you're not there that long. But we've gone to China a couple times. We've gone to Scotland. We've gone to Germany, the Czech Republic. Um, I've been to Mexico before that, previous, before Kevin. I've been to Canada, visiting suppliers. So, wow. in numerous spots around the U.S. But most of my trips are get there, get her done, and get home. Oh, wow. I enjoy being home. Sure. Too. 
So uh, unlike um, some members who come in and they just have this one thing they want to talk about, Steve sent us a whole list. Quite the list. I want to say it's very sports-centric, so we'll, we'll get to that. But something that you touched on during your Johnsonville story was your education. And you mentioned in here that you started your college degree when you were 17 and finished at 52. And that's I think that's a really cool story because there's a lot of people like me who... I'm in my 40s and I never finished college. I have, you know, three years and I always think, oh, is it worth going back? Should I go back at this age? So what what has driven you to just keep at it after all this time? And what took so long? What took so long? I'm a slow <laughs> learner, apparently. Very slow learner. I'm guessing professional life, student. life gets in the way at some point, yeah, you know? <laughs> First, it's... I would encourage you, Krista, to go back and finish. Mm-hmm. You definitely can do it. So I had two years in. And it was always my goal to finish, but, you know, we got married, we started a family, family things got in the way, and I was always like, I should really go back and get that. I should really do that. And I kept saying that to myself. So finally, in 2000, well, ODNL was, you know, presenting different things, and Silver Lake College came in, and they were presenting how they had uh, adult learning sessions where you could do these eight-week classes at night. And I like learning. I wasn't that great in high school because I was focused on other things, but in college early on, well, that wasn't so good either. But as an adult learner, then it was fun. It was really fun. I was with other adults. I was, you know, sharing stuff. Did I learn a lot? Maybe not so much. This probably sounds prideful, but I was maybe teaching more about Johnsonville a lot of times in these classes. So... Probably in sometime in my 40s, I decided, yep, I'm going to go back and I'm going to finish this. And Johnsonville has a great continuing ed program. So, you know, it helps get reimbursed if you get an A or B. And I was like, okay, I can do this. My kids also um, really supported me. So to go back, so I went back, I started doing these classes and I was getting along with it. And then all of a sudden we went into SAP and some other things, you know, other projects and Life's challenges got in the way, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take a little break. Well, it took too long of a break. (laughs) (laughs) And then I finally went back, and uh, my youngest son, who's a doctor, all of a sudden, and he has two young boys, my grandsons, he goes, you know, Dad, I think Hayden's going to get his degree before you do. (laughs) Oh, there's that competitive uh, nature in you then. (laughs) The competition came out, and it's like, okay, I'm going to finish this. So, yeah, I finished at the age of 52. So you can teach an old dog some new tricks. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, it was great. It was, it was wonderful. I got the piece of paper. Uh, you know, am I smarter? I don't know. I got a 4-0 in that part of my college. Nice, nice. First two years, well, there was other things conflicting with sure. that in college life. but uh, Sure. And I think for me, I was so excited to get out of high school, and I found myself in college going, why am I still in school? Like, I just didn't want – I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't prepared for it. I think coming back at this age, you have a totally different perspective on learning in general. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'd participate a lot more, too, because I'm not the shy person I was back then. Obviously, I'm doing a podcast now. So, yeah, I do think about it, but that's inspiring. It, so, I, it, You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, a lot of late nights, you know, a commitment. I had to sacrifice some other things in my life. I'd be writing papers at midnight or something. And... Uh, then I'd send it off to my kids to have them, you know, <laughs> read it for me or yeah. something. But, uh, yeah, it's always nice to have a doctor as your uh, <laughs> doctor and a couple teachers and a couple you know, helpers. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So then let's talk a little bit about the sports thing. You talk about your 
competitiveness. Uh, and you said earlier you're a big fan of tennis then. So uh, what, what got you into the tennis thing to begin with? I started playing tennis in eighth grade, I think, and it was a friend's just said, hey, let's go try tennis. And I was like, I like this sport. And it's a lifelong sport, so I still play it. Um, and I also met my wife on the tennis court at the age of 15. Oh, Ooh, wow. Very nice. We like to say it's been love, love ever since. <laughs> oh, oh, my. But um, <laughs> love it. Oh, oh my. sorry. <laughs> my wife's going to love that show. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I played in high school, played in college. Um, and then after my two years of college, when I came back here, I found out hey, there's a tennis league in Plymouth. These guys play in the Dawn Racket Club. So I've been playing in that since 1979. I'm the longest time member, current <laughs> member in the Dawn Racket Club. We play singles on Tuesdays, doubles on Thursdays before work, 6 o'clock till 7 o'clock in the morning. Then we have a little tournament at the end of the year. And uh, I've won that a few times. And a few people from here also playing it. Dan Baltus is currently playing in it from SINA. And Dean Blocky used to play in it. Jim Conlon, who's retired, he played in it. So it's just fun. Keep playing. I enjoy tennis. Yeah. So um, it also says here, I mean, the list is long, like we said, folks, but you're also uh, into soccer refereeing and also oh, basketball refereeing, or, right? Is that right? Yep. Yep. So soccer, I got into that. I didn't play soccer as, as in high school. We didn't have it then. But my kids started playing. I started coaching them, learning the game, and I grew a love for the game. And I'd watch these referees, and I'd think, hmm, I think I can do this. So I got into it probably 20 years ago. I have refed over 1,400 games. I've refed in, I think, eight different states. I've refed some state championships. Um, It's become a main hobby for me. I ref with Mike Walsh working at the Countryside Plant. Mike has really mentored me. Mike's probably done 2,500 games. He's done more than me. He's a great referee, and uh, he's helped mentor me early on, and we do a lot of games together. We travel together and enjoy it. I've got to ref. I've been selected as one of the refs in the, they call it the Midwest Regionals. So I traveled to Iowa and to Illinois and also Appleton, Wisconsin, three different years where they would select 13 refs from each state and bring them in, train us with a professional referee, and you'd go out and ref these very high-level games with very intense games. Um, All D1 athletes are trying to get Division I scholarships and a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure. There was more pressure on those than the state championship games I've done for high school. Oh, wow. But... I like the competition. (laughs) So were you refing games that your kids were playing in? You know, I would do some of those when they were younger. As they got older, no, that's not right. I was going to say, that must have been a challenge then or a conflict of interest even. Yeah, and when they were younger, they would actually get mad at me because they'd say I'd let them get fouled too much because (laughs) I wouldn't want to call fouls and make it look like it. But as they would, my, my two boys were very good soccer players and they won state championships and all state. So I wouldn't ref them. And whenever they were playing, I didn't ref. I made sure I was watching them play. But we would go to tournaments, and they would play in tournaments. And when they weren't playing, I would ref. So we'd do family vacations that way. Sure. So I enjoy that. It keeps me with kids. I like being with kids. I like the competition. 
apparently I must like getting yelled at uh, <laughs> by parents. Oh, I've heard some stories about soccer parents. parents. Yeah, yeah mm, exactly. A few soccer moms have called me a few names. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy it. It's funny. Um, and then also with the Gus Macker with the basketball thing, too. Is that something that came out of the soccer repping? Or? Yeah, I, I used to play a lot of basketball okay. until my knees went bad. The doctor told me I had jumper's knees, and I said, I'm a white guy. I can't jump, man. <laughs> but uh, my knees gave out on me. I couldn't play anymore. So I thought, I'll ref this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's community involvement, service to the community. Um, a few of those have been challenging also. You know, people think they're still in the NBA playing and <laughs> got to break up a few disagreements. But So I've been doing that for quite a few years, and it's just community service and enjoy being with kids and some of that I've done with adults and I, I used to ref adults too but it's not as much fun I do this for fun mm-hmm. sure. it feels like a job with the adults yeah yeah you know and if I'm doing it on a Sunday afternoon I don't want somebody swearing at me on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon so I kind of given up the adult stuff I um I noticed that now this is kind of just stuck here in the middle of all this your daughter and son-in-law live in the country of Laos? Laos? Laos. Laos. Southeast Asia. Yeah, my daughter has spent 13 years there. She's doing relief work with an agency called Kama Services, Compassion and Mercy Associates. Um, I've traveled over there a couple times, my wife and I. It's interesting. So we have a lot of folks working here, a lot of the Hmong population. Um, They are more from the mountainous areas of Laos, which was a very heavily bombed area in the during the Vietnam War, which was interesting when we went over there and you see bombshells and they have written on there from the American War. So it's, you know, a different perspective. Oh, yeah, sure. But uh, my daughter has grown a love for the people there and helping people, especially women. Um, she works with some folks that are making silk garments from silkworms. So for two years of her life, she lived, a single gal, living up in the mountains of Laos in a village, um, helping women growing silkworms and then getting the silk off the cocoons and making silk garments. And my daughter would help market those around the world. Oh, wow. So it sounds like part of the whole fair trade movement that's happening, giving these small... As, and a lot of it is focused on women um, who are doing these amazing crafts over in other countries, the mm-hmm. opportunity to actually make a profit from this, you know, artwork that they've been doing. Yeah, and also help them do that instead of selling opium or other oh, things sure. that's growing yeah. in those areas. Yeah. And my son-in-law, he's doing IT work over there. Okay. And teaching them some of that and doing and working with other relief workers around the world. He's so... He's a computer geek and pretty good at it. (laughs) (laughs) So do they speak the language then? Sarah speaks it fluently. Chris is learning. It's very difficult. Um, She speaks Lao. She speaks Thai. Actually has a minor in Spanish. Um, (laughs) Some people are gifted with that. Yeah, sure. sure. (laughs) She didn't get it from you. No, no. I can un poco a little Spanish. (laughs) Oh, wow. So that she must have gone over there just for a little bit and then just fell in love with it, so she stayed, huh? Yeah, she always had a heart for doing something overseas. She spent uh, some time in Mexico when she was in high school, spent some time in China, right on the North Korean border, 
when she was in college. And then that organization asked her, well, how about going to Laos? So she went over as a teacher. Okay. English as a second language is her, is her major. So she went over there first as that and then started getting into these other things. And uh, But it's been 13 years now. That's become home. Wow. She comes home every two years for three months. And we've made a couple visits over. It's a difficult trip. It's five flights over at one time when we went over. And, wow. Uh, long, 42 hours to get wow. there. Wow. Ride a water buffalo halfway. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some interesting adventure stories, but and, okay. and they send back stories. You know, I say it's like reading a National Geographic magazine. It's it's cool. It's just so, that different over there. Yeah. But Jeff has this interesting look on his face <laughs> right now. So, no, yeah, I don't know. So besides all the sports you you have written here, you're also a biker, a hiker, and other things that end in I N K G, I N K G, K I N. Yeah, spelling's not my spelling's not my thing. Or reading. Edit all that out. Edit all that. Out. <laughs> and yeah. good food. Are you a foodie? I enjoy good food. Um, I like grilling. I love okay. trying new things on the grill. Uh, seafood, sausages, of course. Of course. You know, try those different ways and all the different products that we have. But I, I enjoy different foods. My, my son and daughter-in-law are definitely foodies. My other kids also enjoy food, but my wife and I like to try different restaurants and things. And we like to travel around, and my wife is quite the runner. Um, and my kids are runners. They're involved in merit. They're do a lot of marathons, half marathons. Okay. So we were at a half marathon last week. We're going to Eagle River tomorrow for a oh, marathon wow. for my other son. My knees have given out, so there's no marathons <laughs> for this guy. <laughs> and you can't ref, so you just have to cheer and sit down. And Spectator. Just, yeah. uh, Hydrate. I'll, <laughs> I'll ref my two grandsons and then, you know, take care of them. But, yeah, we, we take bike trips, so we've gone over to La Crosse, Minnesota, different bike routes over there, and put on... 50, 60, 70 miles a day, just wow. doing those things and, you know, enjoying God's creation. My uh, friends every year do the uh, STP. So they bike from Seattle to Portland uh, along the, like, the coast and stuff, and they love it. It's great. They do, like you said, um, 50 whatever miles. Uh, yeah. It is a day, and you do it for like three days straight. Um, they've been trying to get me to do it, but uh, no, it's not my thing. So uh, <laughs> I... I never had a, I didn't have a car for a while, and uh, so I biked everywhere. And uh, since then, I'm just like I don't I have no interest in it anymore. Feels yeah. like a job. Yeah. And so. I've always thought of a motorcycle. You know, I used to ride a motorcycle, and I remember listening to Andrea Meyer's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is an entertaining episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was entertaining. Yeah. But when I was 20 or 21, all of a sudden I was riding a motorcycle, and I was like, I'd find myself going 100 miles an hour, and like. Oh. All right, I'm married and I have a young child. What am I doing? <laughs> so I stopped riding, but I get the itch every so often. Yeah. Well, Joe lets you jump on his. Every, just just ask. <laughs> just just ask. He'll bring it. No big deal. You can take go. it around the parking lot, yeah. 15 miles an hour. There we go. Get that wind whipping through your hair and you'll feel better. About <laughs> I'll get my fix. Yeah. So do you have I mean. a favorite hiking spot in Wisconsin? Yeah, it's in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done the Ice Age Trail at all? I've done part of it. Uh, my son and daughter-in-law ran the Ice Age Trail from Kewaskum to Glenbeulah a few weeks ago in the snow. Oh, wow. So we were hiking with our grandkids out there at 
trying to meet them up in different spots, but the ICH Trail is fun. It's beautiful. Um, I do like hiking in the mountains, Rocky Mountain National Park and um, some of the mountains. My daughter lived out in Colorado Springs for a while, so we would hike out there. But the, the bluffs around La Crosse and, mm, you know, that's, gorgeous. it's pretty over there too. And, mm-hmm. Up in northern Wisconsin. And I love Canada. I could live in Canada. Canada's your thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. For outdoors, yeah, yeah. for but sure. But I suppose fishing and everything else, Hunting, right? Hunting, fishing. Oh, yeah, okay. So, I, you know, we get this big list from Steve, <laughs> and Chris and I go back and forth hitting all these topics, and we never even the hit first the top one. one. The yeah, first one. So I read here, annual fly fishing trips to northwest Ontario uh, in a cabin on a remote island. Yeah, so Far it's not from a fly. civilization. <laughs> it's not a fly fishing. It's a fly in. Oh, fly oh, in. Oh, I thought it said yeah. fly I can't fishing read. too. I yeah, apparently fly I'm, in. I just need to go back to college. Apparently, <laughs> we, yeah. Thanks, so. So we drive about fourteen hours, and then we jump on a plane, load everything up, and they fly us about an hour. I think it's about one hundred and twenty miles north of that yet. Far from civilization. Drop us on this island with a cabin and a generator. There is a generator there. And we spend a week fishing. It's a big lake, about 14 miles by 7 miles. Uh, Rick Waymeyer over at the Tech Center and I have been going for many years. I probably have made 20-some trips to Canada. Oh, wow. I've taken my sons up occasionally. There's a friend of mine that goes with us, uh, Ernst Wiesenhagen, who used to work here. I was going to ask that. I remember him talking about that, that he went on a, a fishing trip in Canada, and I yeah. wondered if you were part of that. Yep. So Ernst, Ernst kind of taught me how to walleye fish. He was, you know, he was very detailed, and he was the professional. So he kind of taught me how to walleye fish, and he taught me well. You know, a cool story about Ernst is he passed away three years ago or mm-hmm. so, and we helped him go up on his last fishing trip there. And I put out a call to folks around the plant, the company, hey, let's help Ernst go fishing. So I thought, well, maybe we could raise $1,500 to cover his fee to go fishing. And we raised eight grand. Oh, yeah, wow. it was amazing. You know, people were just handing him money like crazy. So it was so encouraging to him. And it was his last trip up there. But yeah, I've made a lot of trips. Um, my best week ever was 1,100 fish in a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, wait <laughs> what a minute. What do you do with all that? I throw them back. Feed the bears? Say. <laughs> Feed the bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hope you see bears. We like bears. Oh, my God. My best day was 207 <laughs> in one day. Wow. It, that's a good day. So Is it the same fish? You just put it back in the water and pull <laughs> it back keeps out? coming back. A really stupid well, fish. So My wife does accuse me of that. <laughs> she says, you show me these pictures and they all look the, the same. same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, I think as a group, usually we have seven or eight guys. As a group, one week we caught 6,700 plus fish, so... It's a lot of fish. This lake is awesome that we go to. It's a great lake. And, uh, you know, when you can only fly into it and there's only one cabin, it doesn't get fished too hard. Right. So So do you actually eat any of these fish? We do eat some fish every day. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Not that many, of course. (laughs) We throw a lot back. Uh, We fish fish long every day from probably 9 o'clock in the morning Come back in to eat, but uh, maybe till 10 o'clock at night. So it's a long day, but oh, we wow. enjoy being out on the water. And Some days can be a little more difficult when it's pouring or lightning or snowing, but uh, it's, it's fun. I really love those trips. 
I have my wife talked into it too that I need two trips a year. So I, uh, I'm going to support it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need those every once in a while. So she's never gone up with you though, huh? Oh, boys, boys stick weekend? needles in her eyes. Oh, she really? would hate that. Okay. <laughs> I'd just hang out at the cabin. I don't know that I'd do the fishing, but just being away. I mean, do you even have cell reception? No. That so sounds, something oh, tragic that were to happen. <laughs> Well, the very first time I went up there, I said, so, yeah, what if somebody has something, you know, health really? Well, you're going to (laughs) die. Okay. be prepared. Next year, I'm bringing a satellite phone. (laughs) Exactly. So I do. I rent a satellite phone because, you know, if you have appendicitis or something, you could die. You need to get airlifted out of there. I'm calling that plane in for that or break a leg or an arm. So, Well, yeah. Yeah. So that's my insurance policy. I rent the satellite phone each year. Being safe about it again. Yeah. Call Bear my wife attack. once a week and say, I'm alive. <laughs> so yeah. how long do you go up at a time? Just one week at a time? Or one week, okay. Sunday to Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Early June, second week of June every year. Oh, so it's coming up. It's coming up. So Rick and I are planning. We you excited? Oh, yeah. Anything new this year? Anything? Or is it just same old, but that's the best? Same old is okay. same good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's people cool. hear our stories and they want to come. And uh, so we have a couple new guys coming along this year. And, oh, cool. And I train, you know, I'll say, hey, follow me. I don't care if your boat's right next to me. We'll show you how to catch fish. So sure. There's no secrets when you're up there. Secrets are here in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're the only ones out there, you can't overfish it. So. No, we're throwing them back. Screwed so. up. Yeah. It's a great time being away. And, but then I get back in the car, and as you start to come over the bridge, and you see those emails coming across. Oh, your phone, no, it's like, sure. Ah. <laughs> but by the time I'm home, through all the ones I can get through, and I'm ready for another week. A refresher. Yeah. Great. I hope you have a good trip then coming up, and um, we look forward to hearing stories about it. If something crazy comes up, you should definitely come back on and <laughs> yeah. give the people an update. Yeah. People love to hear the follow-up stories of, of, of your trips. So Bear and caribou and all yeah. sorts of critters. And It would be great to hear some of those stories. Yeah. So. If, and if you're listening, if you ever want to know anything more about it, make sure to contact Steve. And I'm sure he'd love to talk to you as much as you want to know about all these different things that we did talk about. So, Is there anything else you wanted to share with us today? No, it's just, you know, Johnsville's been great to me and it's been a good ride. And I'm not about to retire yet because I'm having fun. Good, good. The work should be fun. If it's not fun, find a place that's fun or make it fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the learning part, I think everybody should be in a learning mode also. So I would encourage them on that. Well, we always have our guests sign off for us. So if you would, wouldn't mind doing that for us. Absolutely. This is Steve Locke, and you've been listening to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. The music is playing, huh?